Welcome to Handsome Hockey Podcast, episode 57. I am Jake, and sitting with me is Evan. Hello. We are here in what was sunny but is now dark Portland, Oregon, recording at night as per our usual because we have day jobs. I like it dark. Yeah. It's like a. I'm the Batman. It's like a robust coffee. <laughs> I'm actually more of a medium roast guy. I'm a get that away from me kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> if I can smell it, it's too close. I'm I'm that way with babies. Oh yeah, well if I can smell a baby, just get that it's away. Not from my me. baby. <laughs> you know who is welcoming a baby? It's Phil Kessel. Yeah, good for him. It's uh, what like his twelfth. <laughs> uh. Actually, I mean, if anybody oozes sex, it's Phil Kessel. First child. All right. That was his first. Damn. That's a power Phil. Well, damn. Now I feel bad for making the six kids joke. I just assumed he was Catholic, but. You know, he he could be on the way to Philip Rivers type statistical uh, penis career, but it seems like the entire world is celebrating Phil Kessel having sex because. Better him than me. (laughs) But also, like, celebrating Phil Kessel having sex is, like, it's like celebrating the possibility of yourself having sex because Phil Kessel is sort of an everyman. Good for him, right? Like, that's that's pretty rad. I'm, uh, I, con- c- kudos, congratulations. I say kudos, like, four times every episode. That's, I mean, yeah. that's how you know you're in public education. Yeah. But, I- uh, <laughs> Phil Kessel... Played a 30-second shift to keep his Iron Man streak alive, which is, to me, the most important Iron Man streak. Like, I want Keith Yandel to, like, fall off a cliff and and not have Iron Man streak. Just, just so get hurt. Phil, yeah. Get hurt just enough to miss one game. No, fuck. I want him dead. Oh. Well, you know. Hey. I'm kidding. But I want Phil Kessel to own the Iron Man streak when it is all said and done and they are both retired. So he, yeah, kept it alive with a 30-second shift and went to the locker room, went to the showers. He may not even have showered. You know, it's COVID. You don't He got a to. shot on goal, too. <laughs> nice. Recorded one, precisely one stat. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and uh, went to see his daughter born. Like, hell yeah. That's so cool. Also, what a power move to say, honey, I can't be there until after I play this meaningless shift in a hockey game. <laughs> so... The world celebrated Phil Kessel reproducing, and Miro Heiskanen tried and was not so lucky. <laughs> uh, he he only got uh, mono for his efforts. He only got to like second base. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Wait, what are the bases again? Like, I think first is kissing, right? Yeah, and second's anal. And, uh, <laughs> well, it is the number two. Yeah, it, that's a big jump from kissing <laughs> to anal. Like, what's a home run then? Like, oh, uh. uh like talking about your traumas. Oh, <laughs> that was real good. Okay, so for a home run is therapy. Mm-hmm. No, no, with a with a partner. Oh, okay. And like holding like frozen diapers on your butthole to like. <laughs> yeah, because you've been hitting that second base a little, oh, little too hard. Yeah, Miro Heiskanen is going to be out indefinitely with mono. Like, that shit can ruin you for a long time. One of my buddies in college got mono and almost had to drop out. He somehow still had, like, a 
GPA that was like a full point higher than mine, but that's also because I just drank a lot in college. (laughs) um, I mean, Sam Darnold got mono and he was lucky in that he missed playing for the jets for a long time, but that was a calculated endeavor actually. Yeah. But he like, he was searching out like folks on the street. (laughs) He specifically went to Arizona state university to hang out. Um, But he, he, uh, which is a beautiful campus. It changed his fucking career trajectory. I mean, other than his kind of lack of skill, but, uh, well, but (laughs) missing that length of time, like, I don't think Miro Heiskanen is going to milk mono because, uh, his team is good now. Good ish. Uh, Yeah. They're in the playoffs. But how smart do they feel for hanging under John Klingberg and not trading him? I like that this is uh, Arizona on a heater because, like, it's always hot there. It makes <laughs> sense. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, they've beaten some other teams. The and it's Coyotes, real weird. Yeah, they've won four in a row. They have officially knocked themselves out of pole position for the first pick, which is probably silly. What they're doing is they're juicing the trade value for all of these players. And then they're going to trade all of them and go and slide back behind Montreal. Outside of Phil mm-hmm. and maybe, like, one or two other guys, I think they're at the point where they have their core moving forward. And you then, mean? yeah. And so they're going to build around that core. I'm not saying their core is great. I mean, Chickering's solid. Right. He, but every team is trying to get Chickering. They're just, their price is too high. Yeah. As and it should be. As it should be, right. He's a 20, what, three year old defenseman signed. on a fucking ridiculous yeah, contract it's one like of the best four deals. million a year yeah he has one of the best contracts in the league. like three yeah and he is he's uh started lightening it up in the last like month or so he's been right. great again um so it, that's only helping his trade value in the eyes of arizona yeah and um, i don't know what what schmaltz's deal is like in terms of like tradeability but uh if only has, there was a he, ca- a website that had all of the teams <laughs> with their caps but, in it, but and we Nick talk Schmaltz about it cannot, all the time. Nick, chick, my name is Chicken Fat Schmaltz. Cannot be stopped right now. Uh, he he had a merely pedestrian one assist game tonight, but prior to that, had eleven points in two games. Um, excuse me, what? You know, uh, good for him. I, you Absolutely know, I good just, for him. I just, I, I just want to give him a good, like a high five. Like that's pretty great. We're gonna play a game. How much do the Arizona Coyotes have against the cap next season, as of right now? Uh, one dollar, Bob. Well, if we're playing the over, you win thirty six point <laughs> nine million out of eighty eighty one and a half. Okay. Uh, as of right going, now, and cap's not going up next year, right? I don't know. Like there was talk they, that it might go up a little bit, but I haven't heard that was. Early right. in the season, and then a bunch of Canadian teams lost money, so maybe not. <laughs> That's true. American teams, we Except for <laughs> Buffalo, who has like 45% attendance this season. Yeah, well, the Pagulas are special. To answer your question, Nick Smaltz is signed for four more years at 5.85 a year. Uh, that's, and he's, not, that's not readily tradable. Eh, he has no uh, trade protection. Yeah, but how often do players with four years left get traded? I mean, that's part of what... I don't Separate. know, Jack Eichel. How do <laughs> Well, that's part of what separates like Jeff Petrie in tradeability from Ben Chirot, yeah. right? And Petrie's a better player by a mile, but he's got years. And, and Chirot, he's old. He's 34. He's older than you. That's true. Yeah. Chirot, Not much older. worse. 
Um, Chirot's a good defender. He's he takes a, penalties up the yeah, but the he's time. a but he's a solid second liner, great third line guy. Sure, uh, I don't know. I I'm with Ryan Lambert of Puck Soup and saying that there are uh, a bunch of other better rentals than Ben Chirot. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, just to finish off the cap stuff with. Mm-hmm. With Arizona. His Arizona cap silliness. I Arizona has 10 players signed for next year. Wow. Yeah. Out of and 23. Like, three of them are sorority girls from ASU. Uh, well, they also have Andrew Ladd. Oh, <laughs> legendary. IR. A- legendary Andrew Ladd. The legend. Who, but I mean, they have to play him next year because if they play him next year, they get a third round draft pick, right? Yeah. If he well, plays, they played him this year too, but then yeah, he got no, but he, it's next year. Yeah. Next year. I think if he plays like one minute yeah. of one game, they get a draft pick. That's, I love awesome. it. I love it. That's he some will, NBA. they will, they will wheel him out onto the ice on a stretcher <laughs> and strap a hockey stick to it. And like Carol Vajelkama, will just push him around. <laughs> see, see, he played, he played. So speaking of, questionable re-signings philly uh signed the worst of the former former buffalo rasmuses rasmus ristolainen rasmuses i see what you're doing there that's really good um has re-signed in philly for five years 5.1 million per year um can i just why can i just can i just say that's bad (laughs) like he's he's a defensive defenseman but he's just not very good. He um sucks. His his best highlight is him running into a wall. Yeah, he's because <laughs> it's so fucking funny. And watching him play hockey is kind of painful in a way because you expect him to be better than he is. Yeah, and uh, well, fits on Philly then. Yeah, well, I think it's yeah. Oh, especially on their defense, it's in like front of Carter Hart. It's like Provorov and oh. <laughs> Yan- well, Sandheim's okay. Yandel, yeah, yeah. Like, where's the Yandel? You just paid five point one million dollars a year for a dude who's probably like third pair quality, but he's big. He's large. Yeah. Oh, ugh. yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what that contract was set up for, so they can trade it to ken holland nah uh wait, oh sorry no love he's, it, he's under 30 never mind uh <laughs> they'll resign yandel for like four years at four and a half per year and then trade him to edmonton i feel sorry for philly fans like uh they're gonna have to lose claude Giroux. if they're good fans they'll be excited for claude Giroux to go somewhere where he might win a cup because sure you know he's not gonna win a cup philly so he's linked to colorado and that's the big one. Yeah. I mean, everybody is linked to Colorado. <laughs> Speaking of huge trade halls, Jack Eichel returned to Buffalo tonight. And it, was promptly booed. Yeah. And also... Uh, By all 12 people in attendance. <laughs> and also lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, Buffalo decided to pride up and show their former captain what's up. Yeah, they had a moment of uh, stability there. <laughs> Craig Anderson won his 300th game. The Buffalo Craig Andersons? Yes. Yeah, uh, gotta love him. I mean, like, on. I let's, I am rooting for Craig Anderson. And sort of... Always, yeah. I would root for Buffalo harder if the Pagulas didn't own them, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm rooting for the city of Buffalo. Yes. And the 
team. And the fans. Yeah. I root for the fan. The Buffalo fans are some of the best. We, some of the best fans. We have said like, this. Table. What, if Buffalo fans are around, your tables are not safe. We have said this a million times. If we, if this thing, this p- thing we're doing, this <laughs> we take bullshit podcast. Yeah, we want to go to Buffalo. If we ever do it on the road, we are absolutely going to Buffalo we first. We are taking our like, talents one, to Buffalo. 100% going to Buffalo. I love it. Uh, and we can meet all of our zero fans <laughs> there, but... Uh, we could like bring one or two just to have some. We've probably got some Twitter followers from Maybe. Buffalo. It might... Yeah, no, I th- yeah, we've got like two or three, I think, from Buffalo. Like, so we would have like a couple of people there. The Buttes follow us? No, I don't think so. No, but I I've told you this. Like, I I just for some reason I think we should like reach out and see if Carly Jackson will let us interview her. Yeah, let's do it. She's rad. I think now that we you know are trending towards sixty episodes, we're like pseudo legit. You can see what we're gonna you know how we're gonna be what we're like. So I think we have enough to show people and convince them to uh, speak with us. Yeah. Craig Anderson, the sixth ever U S goaltender to reach 300 wins. Love it. Before I look at this, I'm sure it says somewhere who the other six are. Who do you think who the who other the five other are? Yeah. To 600 wins, 300 wins, 300 wins. Richter sorry. for sure. I mean, has Hellebuck been around that long? I don't think Hellebuck's at 300 uh jonathan quick yeah uh van beesbrook ryan miller ryan miller that's four uh who the fuck else is american that's the problem john gibson's american but he is not at 300 oh he might be he's no there's no way john gibson is at 300 we had richter van beesbrook quick anderson and ryan miller it's, Tim Thomas uh, was not in the league long enough. It's not Tim Thomas. I'll, uh, I'll tell you this. Jimmy Howard's number eight. Good for him. Ben I Bishop's mean, number 10. Tim Thomas is 11. Connor Hellebuck is 12. John Gibson is 16. All right. Tell me. Uh, Tom Barrasso. Oh, I didn't okay. realize he was American, actually. Yeah, yeah. One of those. Okay. Also in the news in terms of spinal surgery is Tyler Johnson got the same spinal surgery that Jack Eichel did, um, only approximately like two feet lower. Is that because of how much shorter Tyler Johnson is? Yes, that's the joke. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll edit that part out just because. No, I, no, don't, I, please. Because <laughs> I sound dumb. No, I think that that's. Yeah, that's kind of my thing. I yeah, mean, no, I, I, just, I think it plays. It's kind of dumb. Um, and Tyler Johnson, I guess, like already skating again just kind of goes to show how just completely far fucking off this Buffalo medical staff was to prevent him from getting this, you know, spinal replace or, uh, uh, not fusion replacement surgery, right? Yeah. Disc replacement. Yeah. Um, Jack Eichel's disc is the equivalent to like Brandon Roy's knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the Portland, trailblazers medical staff screwed up brandon roy's knees so bad that they were like well we don't need this (laughs) potential hall of fame perennial all-star point guard yeah he doesn't need. we're gonna draft another one and ruin his career by sucking buffalo is a fucking train wreck and i feel bad for kevin adams because Mm -hmm. and dan granado 
They're doing their best. Who seem like genuinely good dudes. I think they're getting better, but the Pakulas don't give them anything to work with. There's some reason for optimism, I think, in Buffalo. Because we're always hoping for of the owners, Outside of the ownership thing, uh, they have Owen Power coming eventually. Mm-hmm. He, I, if I were him, I would probably stay at Michigan for another year and just milk it a little bit. Uh, Peyton Krebs, the trade for Peyton Krebs was, I think, a very savvy move. Justin Tuck is really not that old. That was probably a pretty solid trade for them. He's been outstanding in Buffalo after he got healthy. Mm-hmm. He got yeah, hurt the other night, but they're saying it's not going to be long term yeah his problem's just staying healthy i mean he's 25 though and he's signed five more years and at he 4. legitimately 5. he could be a star like well, he needs to take take a step but he could be a star he's also from buffalo right that's what like, i mean like what if like if buffalo had a homegrown star how captivating would that be it'd be great well he's from syracuse but still i mean that's, yeah, that's what, close like, enough an hour from buffalo something like that greater buffalo i do feel real bad for buffalo fans because you're great Mm-hmm. you're you're rock stars buffalo if if there's like a brewery or a bar that wants to host two midwestern boys who have a okay podcast uh just let us know and we're we're all about that in our last episode we talked about how the trade market was starting up and i think at some point during that episode i say we won't see anything for a month and then it'll start to heat up again mm-hmm. uh, that, well that turned out to be true good prognostication we put it on the board of like good predictions we've had yeah because fucking nothing has happened since then (laughs) really like yeah we got a couple of really early trades in tyler toffoli and uh, a couple of things with the leafs and yotes and then fuck all since then which is uh, there's been it's not that there hasn't been trade news it's just been all posturing like we talked about philip forsberg sounds like he's probably going to resign now there's always that lull, like a couple of teams mm-hmm. figure it out early and decide to get in a couple of guys and then everybody else waits until the last fucking minute. And then so it's like a group project. And then we record an episode <laughs> yeah. on the eve of the trade deadline and then put it out and fucking Anthony Mantha goes for Jacob Verona and Richard Ponick and a first and Did a that second. Happen? Did we? Yes, do that? that fucking <laughs> happened. I can't. I, I, you're not butthurt at all we sat here and we're like oh this has been a snooze fest and then (laughs) (laughs) uh so this year we will record after the trade deadline but this year okay i'll make a prediction we're gonna see a blockbuster or two oh absolutely i think there has to be for anything to get done because so many teams are cap strapped yeah by the time we record next there will probably be a couple of moves when we were texting earlier this week to figure out when we were going to record next it was like nothing's fucking really happened yeah (laughs) we don't really talk about games all that much right we actually have to talk about talk about the hockey on the ice this episode it's weird yeah like we're more of a big picture sort of podcast but there's been a lot of rumors about you know players that might move might not move yeah rumors of patrick kane to colorado just like movers rumors of claude Giroux to colorado uh we're gonna kind of prognosticate some awards here mm-hmm. uh, because again fucking nothing's happening because the right cream now. rises to the crop uh i think cream fuck yeah cream right because the cream rises to the top yeah um we're gonna start with the phf because um it's simultaneously the more interesting and uh more weird league maybe well, mm-hmm. no. yeah. men's hockey is boring 
it's not that men's hockey is boring. It's that the PHF is fucking wild. I it watched is wild. I watched both of the whale games this weekend and was like, I jumped off my couch a couple of times. It really is like just anything can happen. The MVP race. I think when we last talked about this, uh, we were just kind of riffing that it mm-hmm. was like Michaela Grant Mentis or Elaine Chuli. Or, or no Kennedy, one. Or Kennedy Marchment. Uh, I think we can enter Kennedy Marchment into that conversation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Kennedy Marchment is for sure going to win Newcomer of the Year. Like, I think yeah. she, she's she got that locked down. Easily. Uh, like, Just like... I, I don't know who the com- who the the comparison is. Kennedy Marchment was tearing it up in Sweden mm-hmm. and decided, ah, I'm going to come back to the U.S. apparently. And didn't miss a beat nope is absolutely just crushing fools in the phf this year she's got 24 points in 16 games okay like yeah i you belong anywhere hockey is being played i think is like uh, is the the message here Uh, what an incredible just show up and produce sort of season kennedy yeah, is having second in basically every offensive statistic she is category. second in every category <laughs> like goals points and assists it's remarkable consistency yeah it really is i uh, i think we are seeing like a huge star turn for her sure uh, she already set the record for most points in a season for a connecticut whale player so what you're saying is she's you're got four gonna, games left. You're gonna need another jersey. No, Emma Vlasic's still the best. No, I know. I'm saying you can have more than one. Well, my Emma Vlasic jersey is falling apart. So yeah. Oh really? Yeah, I I think I might wait on some more PHF gear until they um what how can I say this politely? Uh get better gear. Athletic t shirts and shit. You know, they're they're made super cheap and no you can you can buy good ones the t-shirt itself is a very high quality and is really nice it's but the screen the, printing it's the screen printing is just disintegrating that's weird because like yeah. fucking screen printed shit in high school it's still in my closet yeah you should see the back of my emma vlasic jersey well like, i ordered a uh, i ordered a uh Soraya Tinker jersey and they just sent me a generic ribs t-shirt so you know whatever uh anyways. next up Emma Vlasic jersey. Yeah. Michaela Grant-Mentis is going to win the MVP, as she should. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, when you were on top of three statistical categories. I, I think, yes, I think it's an easy call. Um, we'll see how the last four games of the season play out. I mean, is it like, is it the same as in men's hockey? Like, we have to, like, talk ourselves out of the front runner. Well... Well, the MVP, the Hart Trophy is set up as the most valuable player to a team. Right. It's fairly fairly ambiguous. Yeah, which I think gives it more room for discussion. The MVP, on the other hand. For the PHF, yes. At this point, I I would I completely agree with you. It's Michaela Grant Mantis. Um She's got several points and or goals or assists on everyone else yeah except ali thunstrom who is in the goals lead yeah i think the real competition there is kennedy marchment 
and then the goalie combo of Katie Burt and Elaine Chuli. Um, yeah, but I, I I agree with you. I think Michaela Gant. Grant Mentis is number one in the MVP race right now. And also she's been powering Toronto to be, you know, the class of the entire league this year. And she has five game winning goals. Like that's when five you, wins <laughs> off of her stick. When you have five game winning goals and your team has won 13 games, that's, that's a pretty good return. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you play a, a, a schedule of 20, like that's uh, a, yeah a quarter of your schedule you have won with your goals. That's insane. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I just wanted to be a little bit of a, uh, I, I just wanted to inject some shenanigans. Sure. Into the debate, but I think at this point it's definitely Michaela Graham. Well, and, and, and you know, there are a couple other women that have made some really good names for themselves. Like I mentioned, Allie Thunstrom has had 15 goals on the year and is uh, second in power play goals. And first in shorthanded goals, like she's showing off for sure. Uh, unfortunately, her team hasn't been able to bring the same level of, of noise, but you know, they're not at the bottom either. I mean, we just hinted at this with, by saying Katie Burton, Elaine truly are in the MVP combination or are in the MVP race. I think that's a toss up for goaltender of the year as yeah. of right now. I just like pick one, just fucking yeah. flip a coin. Yeah, I, <laughs> honestly, like just choose choose wisely. Like, because Katie Burt is amazing. I think she also plays in front of a better defensive team. Elaine Truly, on the other hand, I think that would be a really interesting question. It's like which one of those two is more valuable on the season? Defender of the year is where things I think get a little murky because Mally Sudiellis. Eh. Mallory Suliotis is always my defender of the year. So uh, <laughs> that's fair. So Toronto six have three defenders in the top 25 scorers in the PHF this year. That's awesome. That is absolutely the artillery that will get you to where they've gotten. And like, I mean, talk about fantasy hockey. That's what I'm looking for in fantasy hockey is you, you have your defense. That's they're sort of the artillery and then everyone else. They're the foot soldiers, right? I think that combination of Lindsay Eastwood and Taylor Woods are probably at the top of the race for best defender. Tori Howren uh, with the whale is probably going to get some consideration. Mallory Suliotis. There's always Kaylee Fratkin who has won it, I think the last two years. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's there's, there's a, a good chance that, they are going to get votes just based on who they are. They haven't had the season that they normally have, I think, but name kind of weight right. kind of carries some weight. And yeah. so Kaylee um, Fratkin has been one of the best defenders, if not the best defender the last two to three years in the league. And right. so she'll get that sort of Victor Hedman bump. Also, we're going to do a run through of the NHL awards or prognostications here at the, like, I guess like two thirds of the season mark or whatever. Uh, but before we do that, uh, there have been a couple of big moves in ownership of PHF teams. Now, the PHF stipulates that they want all of their teams to be owned locally. And at one point, there were only a couple of different owners for multiple teams in the league. And so they've been trying to diversify their ownership group and a couple of big moves happened the i don't want to say the biggest but um still pretty big this is awesome i don't know how to say anything other than that the toronto six have been sold to an ownership group that is the first bipoc 
and Canadian investors in the PHF history. Hell yeah. That's a big deal. We talk frequently about how the PHF fucks some things up. Right. This is a massive, awesome thing. There's no way to twist this. This is awesome. Especially when a couple of your owners, like, let's just run through the list. Perhaps best female hockey player of all time, Angela James, (laughs) is one of your owners. Former NHL coach Ted Nolan. Mm -hmm. is one of your owners former nhl forward anthony stewart and then carnegie initiative co-chair bernice carnegie those are like the big backers of this move carnegie meaning dale carnegie not andrew there's a guess that this was sold for anywhere between three and five million dollars which is a very large sum for a women's hockey team which in and of itself is an important data point that just shows that hey, these are businesses that are starting to make money. They have potential. We're starting to get good valuations on these teams. Like That's a big fucking deal. And this team has only existed for two years. Yeah, right. Like if we can get a, you know, almost existed for two years as a podcast, we get a $5 billion valuation. Oh, we're Uh, selling the fuck out of this thing. (laughs) I will shake that person's hand and tell them, Arrivederci. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Minnesota Whitecaps have announced that they are also for sale because of this uh, desire for local ownership in the PHF, which I think is, it's a great move. Like how many NHL teams are owned by local ownership? Very few, I think. Not enough. The Red Wings and um, that might be it. I mean, sometimes, you know, Buffalo sort of shows local ownership not always so great. Yeah, well, that's because they're turds. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, they're local. I think putting an emphasis on local ownership, if, forces maybe not forces but it gives this impetus for these owners to do best and do right by this team right and and you know because it's really, part of the community and really capitalize and you know with their connections yeah absolutely and in minnesota like i'm sure they will get bought by somebody that wants to see them do well but it, you know we've sort of talked about the turnover in the phf beforehand and it's really interesting to see like this you know turnover team sales front office turnover it's almost like uh, you know a butterfly coming out of a chrysalis or something like or a you know animal like shedding its old skin to be (laughs) this new thing because you know they're they're getting more serious ownership they're getting full-time staff they're getting you know, a, a more dedicated kind of front office organization together because they're gearing up. And I don't know, that's exciting. absolutely I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, there's a lot made out of this like PHF, PWHPA back and forth. And maybe that could be, we, maybe that could benefit, you know, if we get fucking PHF versus PWHPA as, you know, Biggie versus Tupac. Well, if like, the PWHPA could dope. have a fucking league, then maybe, yeah. Well, but, right. Like, well, they're they're making waves. Yeah, you know, they, absolutely. They've, they've announced their intentions to be more league-like uh, this year. Correct. Right? So, um, and we'll see how that happens or how that works. I, I, yeah, we'll see how that works. Well, there's like two different ways it could be really exciting. Is a they come together. B they fucking fight. <laughs> And Either way, we're here for it. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. Is that Biggie versus Tupac yeah, energy yeah. could be really captivating. Maybe it's an AFL NFL type thing, right? And I mean, 
I think that's what a lot of people are rooting for is like, okay, if you fight, then you negotiate coming together. Yeah. You know, well, if you've also, if you fight, they fight for players and they fight for better wages. And, right. And that drives you know, up everybody's wages. It's a very, com- it's what we see with gas prices. It's a very capitalist sure. like, competition breeds better things, which is like, you know, sometime, it's mostly a farce because we true. don't exist in true uh, capitalism. But when you get, to happen yeah it does happen yeah like, we exist in like late stage dead capitalism well we exist in in crony capitalism in other ownership news and also super fucking cool yeah so cool willie o'ree has bought an a, a stake in the boston pride hell yeah fuck yeah like if we didn't think this dude was cool enough He's investing uh, he's in women's still, hockey. He's still found a way to get cool. But yeah, to see Willie O'Ree buy into the PHF with, you know, the Boston team that everybody loves, like, ah, what a good feel-good story. Yeah, like, I saw that and I legit, like, in a world of darkness, I had a moment of like, all right. Yeah, it was wow. kind of like that. I, I don't know, like, what other good things to say about this other than the fact that it's really fucking cool that the first black player in the NHL now owns part of a PHF franchise and it's just like... I mean, we already knew he was cool. We already knew because he's been, you know, involved in BIPOC hockey player issues since forever. And, like, yeah, to to go into women's hockey after that, like only just shows this guy's heart is always been in the right place. And he's, I don't know. He's such a captivating interview. He's such an interesting guy. Yeah. Love it. For a man who has bridged so many gaps to find another gap to bridge. Like that's very impressive. Perfectly put. Um, all right, let's, let's do some, some quick riffing on, uh, NHL trophies. Mm hmm. Um, not as cool as you know your fantasy trophy that you put together oh it's i oh, they don't have spray painted army men on their I've, trophies i've got some plans too we'll just we'll just power through these um the heart trophy for most valuable player to their team in the nhl i at this point i feel like it's got to be shesterkin i would love it if a goalie won the heart trophy cuz it's been years i don't know that anybody is more valuable to their team than igor shesterkin right and the stats exist to prove him right like new york hasn't beaten very many playoff teams but they've beaten them solely on his efforts yeah 100 percent. it's um like no discredit to gorgiev who is actually also a fine goaltender yeah great one b it's just nobody's in Shesterkin's atmosphere like at this year. And that's kind of, you know, when the goalie win the heart, they win the Vesna and the heart. So we're kind of talking about the same one because yeah, the is like, Vesna is like 100% Vena, Shesterkin. Fucking decided. Point. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. The heart is still up for grabs. I don't really know who his competition is. Though. It's Austin Matthews. Uh, yeah, I guess. Who is who has single handedly made Michael Bunting a, <laughs> a caller candidate? Yeah, and and also you know scoring a fuck ton of goals in 
one of hockey's most crucial markets. That's what it takes to win the Hart Trophy. Austin Matthews should be there. In a year where McDavid doesn't really have the firepower to catch him, Ovechkin doesn't really have the firepower to catch him. I don't know who else you put forward for the heart. It's Austin Matthews and Igor Shesterkin in the world right now. And How, you know, okay, so we're just living in it. If we're to pick one, what do you go with? I go with Shesterkin. I think I go Matthews. Yeah, you said that just to can. I think uh, if you it take may be showing goal scorer bias, I but think if I you take f- Matthews off of Toronto, they're not very good, mm-hmm. but they might be okay. Yeah, I mean they will They've still be, a, they'll yeah. still be very good. You know, they if just, you take Shesterkin off of the Rangers, there's dog shit. They might not even be a playoff. <laughs> yeah, team. they're they're fucking. Their defensive metrics are awful, and he is so bailing them out good. night after night after night. Absolutely. Uh, I can't decide, really, which I want to happen more, because I think Austin Matthews deserves the Hart Trophy at some point in his career. He's going to win the Richard this year. That's fine. He will. Sure. I don't know. Either one of them I'll be relatively happy with, but like, I also think that he's... He hasn't gotten quite the accolades that he deserves yet. Same with Shesterkin. That's part of what's exciting about this is they're both up and coming players up for the heart. So let's just say the Selkie is Barkov's. We'll just say it's that. I mean, I think that's just assumed. If you're going to bet money in Vegas on anything, do that. Speaking of Barkov or Selkie. Speaking of trophies, we can just move past. Uh, Cal McCarr is going to win the Norris. Yeah. I love that they're putting Victor Hedman in that category. Kamakar is going to win it. Right. And he should. Victor, he's incredible. Victor Hedman's had a, a very, very good season. Very good year, but he's clearly second. Yeah. Also, speaking of trophies that should already be decided, uh, Mo Sider for the Calder. Okay. The Calder is actually interesting. Yes and no. It it's should been, be Mo Sider. It's been really interesting watching. Everybody in the last month go from it's either Trevor Zegers or Michael Bunting to, oh, it's Mo Sider. I think it's overwhelmingly Mo Sider at this point. Which would be huge for a defenseman. It should have been overwhelmingly Mo Sider the entire year, though. Except the fact that he still has Lucas Raymond on his team. And also, uh, Nadelkovic is, uh, I think, still uh, eligible. Yeah, he's still eligible, <laughs> but he has fallen apart in the I last... Mean, month that's fine that team's uh, not doing a whole lot in front of him the, but yeah oh the outside of cider and letty had a hell of a game tonight i was like who is this man where he's he does he, that he had some like flashy ass spin move on the blue line to feed raymond for his first goal tonight and i was like who bringing back you? that uh minnesota mr hockey life oh bringing back that oh man i wonder why the islanders suck this year oh it's because they traded their two puck moving defensemen uh yeah, yeah that's le- that's that? legitimately why the islanders suck they <laughs> no, traded you're, you're, devon you're. taves and they traded nick letty like yeah that's why they suck yeah he, everybody else is the same fucking guy also that like 13 away game streak to begin the year it didn't help anybody <laughs> i was i was listening to something the other day and they said it's not the 13 game away streak that killed them it's that that they, they couldn't find a balance after when they finally were able to come home and start this sure season. uh imagine how like i don't know i think that contributed to that absolutely no absolutely <laughs> you're gonna be unbalanced but if you like, have to be away for 13 games but like you can <laughs> you can wrap your head around okay we're gonna be on the road for a while mm-hmm. but 
the assumption in your head is when we get back home, we can start to level things out. Yeah. And then they just didn't. Construction phasing. Huge huge for hockey teams. Absolutely. But back to the Calder. Yeah, back to the Calder. Uh, no, we're done. It's it's Mo Sider. Oh come on! This it's is the Mo- clo- this is the closest race of them all. What about the Masterton? Uh, ooh, I mean, that's just, or the Jack Adams. Well, the Masterton goes to Steven Stamkos just because he's stayed upright for a season. Don't jinx it. <laughs> I'm knocking on bamboo right now. Ah, yes, all the wood. Thankfully, this is wait, a back to the well constructed house, and we there's a ton of wood to knock on. Back to the Calder. There's still Michael Bunting, the good Mike, good Michael Bunting. Fuck Michael Bunting. No. I no, mean, seriously. Fuck Michael Bunting. He's playing on a line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner on yeah. a good team. Sure. Mo Sider is the best defenseman on his team by a mile and then like a couple other miles and then a football stadium and then maybe a Jumbotron. <laughs> and he's 20 and he's fucking righteous and he's he's bullying grown men he he has taken grown men in his first game his first nhl game am i a homer on this pick no because it's true and this is how it should play out but also a little bit his first nhl game there was a dead whistle against the lightning and victor hedman is just like casually carrying the puck up the ice (laughs) and mo cider comes by steals the puck the game isn't happening it's and whacks victor hedman on the shins mm-hmm. and then all hell breaks loose and at that point i was like i am going to love this boy and i <laughs> do he is he's already one of the 20 best defenders in the league already like, he's a he's 20 a, he's, year old rookie he's and maybe he's, a like a dark horse for the norris if, he's, if there if there he was will, one he will get norris votes. he will a f- he will be a future norris can't he winner. might he might be a top 10 in the nhl defenseman at this point like no, that's not even hyperbole mm, yeah like Could he be. might be one of the best 10 defensemen in the nhl if he wasn't carrying danny de kaiser's <laughs> dead ass corpse and all respect to Danny, Danny Kaiser. He was a workhorse for the Wings for a long time. They he's cut just, him. They waved him, and now he's on IR. He's not good anymore. But tonight, they finally put Cider and Letty back together again. And Letty was like, I can have fun again. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out when you put a really good puck moving defenseman with a really good all around defenseman, they both find joy the answer is mo cider is the calder trophy winner and lucas raymond might be number two trevor (laughs) zegris is honestly trevor zegris is third in my vote right now i don't care if that sounds like a homer pick the real reason i put those three cider raymond zegris above bunting and lundell is Bunting and Lindell play on really good teams yeah i mean but lundell plays pretty far down the lineup anaheim was good for a while but they've mm-hmm. hit a real wall the last month or so and what zegris has continued to produce on what is now looking like a just a kind of okay team but his, you know a lot of his calder candidacy was on the back of a couple of amazing highlights yeah and he's a phenomenal player right but if, if you like numbers overwhelming numbers will defeat highlights and well and ciders in our land yes you have a defenseman who's number three in points 
throws grown men to the ground. He it's, got a penalty against Arizona the other night because a defender for Arizona didn't realize that Mo Sider is a grown ass man. Mo Sider gets highlight reel penalties. Yeah. He got <laughs> he got four penalty minutes because he was strong. Like and the refs were just like, I don't know. Like the, I think that's going to be something that follow to follow in Sider's career is like him getting penalties because he's just yeah better at hitting right. people. He's he's unreal. He's going to be a top pairing defender, God willing, in Detroit for the next fifteen years, and probably a perennial Norris candidate. Norris candidate, all star. The the kid is just he's legit full stop and if anybody wins the call there besides him it'll be a complete bastardization on the trophy that's uh except if it's lucas raymond then you'll also be happy i'll be happy but i'll be like it should have been mo cider <laughs> so yeah okay calder is mo cider that's decided so jack adams is the only one we have left and uh that's actually a fairly interesting conversation there's um the best coach in the league I don't could be any one of a couple. The NHL is kind of irregular in the fact that they don't always just pick the coach of the best team. Right. They usually pick the coach of the team that does a lot better than they should. Sure. Or than people thought. They pick. No, that's exactly how the trophy usually goes. It's like the outlier. Because of that, I think it might be Daryl Sutter. I am. 100% 100% agreement. <laughs> Old is new again, right? Daryl Sutter is like the retro future pick for <laughs> Jack Adams. It's like a Jetsons technology actually works and is also, you know, owned by Elon Musk or something. I don't know how it happened other than other than his team being really good. He's he's a really good coach. And like, like his team was shat on go, coming into the season. They're like, haha, you signed Nikita Zadorov. You have a regressing Johnny Gaudreau you have you know nothing else but a Kachuk and he's like haha you try fuck on me uh you got rid of your captain you let your captain go to the right yeah you let Mark Giordano walk and somehow got better they're real good outside Uh, of Colorado they're the best team in the west and they've put together a hot streak that they might be just as good as Colorado like I mean Colorado I think is maybe no. Take, okay. I think Colorado is taking some team. months off. Well, this is what the Tampa Bay lightning have done for years. It's like, they'll go, they'll get ahead to this huge lead and then come back to earth and kind of by the playoffs, like kind of forget how to play hockey because they haven't played a meaningful game in months. Yeah. It's like, we've been in the playoffs since like January 12th. Right. And I think Colorado might be falling prey to that even though i mean they've had several years of looking up at the lightning and others to really galvanize their minds to get to the grindstone but like this is a long ass season and the playoffs also longer so you know you're allowed to kind of slide back a little bit if you have that kind of room uh but in the meantime calgary has just been charging forward the team is firing on legitimately like all cylinders top to bottom everybody is contributing everybody's scoring 
And Jacob Markstrom is performing so good and staying healthy. He leads the league in shutouts, and I think it's by like four. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's like, got very gr- good stats. I feel bad that he's not a Vesna candidate with the year he's had. Because, yeah. like, Shesterkin just had that much better of a year, but like, he's probably number two. Markstrom's for the, probably number two. Number yeah. two for the Vesna. I can't think of anyone else who would be. I mean, you could just hand it to Vasilevsky again. Gosh, who is number three? Probably Vaji. Freddie Anderson. Could be, but I mean, no, nah, he's it's it's definitely Freddie Anderson. It's two or three. But Vashi plays all their games. I think Freddie Anderson's number one in wins. All right, fine. Yeah, uh, no, I I think it's yeah Jack Adams. I think yeah Daryl Sutter. Right, love it. Yeah, the only yeah. other people I was kind of had in mind would be like Dallas Eakins, but his team is kind of faded. Dean yeah. Evison, his team is kind of faded. Like it's got to be Sutter. Yeah, it's it's definitely Daryl Sutter. We got. One last thing that we want to talk about, and it's kind of a big fucking deal. Yeah, uh, we still haven't forgotten about Ukraine, and glad that it seems like the rest of the world hasn't forgotten about Ukraine. Yeah. But it's nice to see someone from hockey step up and, you know, really raise some money, do what they can. There have been so many... You know, crazy, interesting ways that people have tried to contribute to Ukraine. The Airbnb way. (laughs) The Airbnb thing is is amazing. So unreal. And right. I can't say uh, like that farmer overwhelmingly like the fact that the American people are supporting right you everyday ukrainians more than the american government is directly like that through a weird like tech company cheat code yeah like uh i i mean i like it i wonder if airbnb like saw that happening was like eh, fuck it let's let's they make a percentage they're they're yeah they don't give a shit yeah they're making a ton of money off of it too but uh uh yarmir yager somewhere a farmer has both an airbnb rented by an american and a Soviet Sam Chank. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that part is crazy. Just seeing the, the Ukrainians like figure out how to drive these tanks that they're finding. <laughs> yeah. Cause like a bunch of the Russians were just like, fuck this shit and like right. left their equipment. And like the Ukrainians were more than willing to just drive these around like they're fucking go karts. <laughs> uh, but, anyways, the. Oh, sorry. Well, just like real quick, the resilience of the Ukrainian people. It's galvanizing. It's it's incredible to see. Incredible to see. Like, um, we've gone heartbreaking. from. Yeah, it, it is heartbreaking what they're going through, but also incredibly motivating to see from the outside. Because it's like, well, what the fuck do I have to worry about? You know, the, these Ukrainians are living through living hell and doing all these amazing things, you know, their president has survived like a baker's dozen assassination attempts at this yeah. point. They, I don't know. But anyways. He's y- like Ronald Reagan, but a real human. <laughs> and, you know, not a shitbag. Um, anyways, <laughs> anyways, yeah, getting to the the point of this whole story. Yaramir Yager. Um, Yaramir Yager. Already beloved. Champion of humanity. My gluteus doppelganger. He, he held a benefit game for ukraine so he's the owner of a he's team like in the czech extra league owner captain gm and uh, best player yeah and, and like 
Uh, Maybe he's probably like the equipment guy too. Yeah, and I apologize if I butcher the fuck out of this, but uh, Cladno is the that, the mm, team that plays, and they play in uh, an arena that is about the size of the arena that the Phoenix Coy- or the Arizona Coyotes are about to move into. Mm-hmm. Five thousand people, and he kind of was just like, um, "We can do better," and so he moved their last regular season game. They had a home game. Yager was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to we're gonna do something special. And moved their last regular season game to the O2 Arena in Prague, which seats 18,000 people. So it's three times as many fans as they normally sit and is donating the ticket sales to Ukrainian refugees. One real interesting thing about yager is so yager wore 68 his entire career Mm -hmm. and still does and he wore that because that was the year that the the soviet union invaded czechoslovakia oh for real and so like russian slash soviet expansionism has been a big part of his life and yager doing this like it follows a pattern Mm -hmm. for him but it also it, it's pattern of being a fairly magnanimous individual. Yes. There are people on the sports should be sports. They're not political. Right. And there are people on the like stick to sports mm-hmm. bandwagon. I have I have a number of friends who are like, well, why do you invest so much time in this? Mm-hmm. This is why there are people like Yaramir Yager who are in the world of sports who are making a real difference with the social cachet that they have. Right. And the fact that he's what, like seventh overall in NHL goals all time, something Mm -hmm. like that, you know, one of the best players of all time still playing at age 50. Yeah. Dude just loves hockey. And well, like not just playing, but playing well. Absolutely. These are the stories that when you hear about them, they grab you right by the trachea and like <laughs> just throw you to the ground because they're so we I, I feel like I've said this phrase probably a couple times tonight and a dozen times on this podcast. But in a world of darkness, sometimes there is light. Yeah. And Yaramir Yager is one of those guys like this is such an incredible story. The NHL announced that they would donate $68,000 in honor of Yarmir Yager. As the NHL does. Hey, you're doing a cool thing. We'll maybe glom onto that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Unless it's for blacks or gays. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, a former star. We're cool with that. Yeah. You know, the NHL sucks, but that's a cool gesture. But in in a uniquely like lame NHL way. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also kind of fun like in a no i mean like like it is good for them but the really like the 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 onus is on is on him yes you know this this story is all about yaramir you know he's he is in eastern europe like i'm sure this is not without any sort of risk you know yeah putin could fucking send someone to throw him out a window tomorrow the shit going on over there right now is earth shattering and it has forced me on a personal level to think about all of the things in like the non-white world that I've missed. Absolutely. Uh, and you see the resilience of the people of Ukraine and you can't help but just feel shitty. Right. For them and 
you know, hope for the best. And, and there are, I, there, I think the last number I saw was 15,000 Russians have been arrested for protesting the war right. in like just Moscow and St. Petersburg. Right. This is one man mm-hmm. and his long dead idea of expansionism and his clinging to political power clinging and well you know their economy's dead right he's wagging the dog to save his own ass yeah i think that's the uh one of the overarching analyses that a lot of people have brought forth and so we we can only say so many things because we're obviously not eastern european or soviet bloc experts but this sucks and our hearts and everything sympathies go out to the Ukrainian people. And it's awesome that hockey made some maybe small, but not small gesture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Harmir Yager, you're a fucking hero. <laughs> uh, like you have been for a long time, but you're a fucking hero. And it sucks. Yeah. This whole situation sucks. And yeah, as you were saying, just, our hearts go out to the Ukrainian people. We haven't forgotten about you. We love this thing that Yarmi Yager has done to raise money and increase awareness. And uh, yeah, I think I think we'll end it there, right? Yeah, uh, on a very somber. Stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau, tous les mans, and we meet it. Two of all that fucking mans.